The time has come. Enough talk. Who am I picking to win Super Bowl 53? The Patriots or the Rams in an upset? Plus, who will win the Super Bowl MVP? And in Dallas, Jerry Jones with some interesting comments regarding Jason Garrett. Plus, Juju Smith-Schuster calling out his teammates? And in the NBA, Chris Staffs Porzingis traded to the Dallas Mavericks, who actually won that trade, as well as Anthony Davis saying he will only go to the Lakers. It all starts now. Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on a Super Bowl 53 prediction Friday. Before we get into that, in a matter of 30 seconds, I just want to let you know what's going on for coverage this weekend. Tomorrow, Saturday, my usual off day. Then on Sunday, the debut of the Sports Nick radio show from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can watch that live on my Facebook page, Sports Nick, my YouTube channel, Sports Nick. You can listen live on VICRadio.org. Again, that's from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Then, I will be live tweeting throughout the whole entire event at NickFriend24 on Twitter. And then I will also be doing a live reaction towards the end of the game over on Twitter at NickFriend24. And then, of course, all the reaction on the Sportsnick Show and podcast on Monday. Now... Again, it's enough talk. It's time for three minutes on the clock. Who's going to win this game? You know, listen, I want to have faith very badly, actually, believe it or not. I want to have faith in the LA Rams. I do. I want to have faith in Jared Goff. I want to have faith in Sean McVay. I want to have faith in them for the sake of, well, pretty much everybody's mental health outside of New England. And I do have faith in them. They're an insanely impressive team. Like, I, And obviously that should be obvious for a team that made the Super Bowl, but I think it's less so for this team where many people are still focused on the pass interference call. This is an impressive team. We're also talking about their defense matching up well against what it takes to beat a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady-led Patriots team, which is a secondary that mixes it up between man coverage and zone coverage, a front seven that's strong. Like They have the pieces. But here's the problem. I have more faith in something else. And that something else is a goat. I have more faith in the goats. Eh, That's right. I said it. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. That's what this comes down to. I just have more faith in them because let's not get it twisted. On paper, the Rams are the better team. They have the more talent. And without a doubt, Jared Goff has way more talent than Tom Brady surrounded by. The defense, talent-wise, is the Rams. But all the intangibles come up the Patriots, and for that, that's why I'm picking them. You go through it. Let's talk about the age differences first and foremost. Bill Belichick would be the oldest quarter, uh, coach rather, to win a Super Bowl ever. Sean McVay would be the youngest. Tom Brady would be the oldest to win a Super Bowl ever at the quarterback. Jared Goff would be the second youngest. That stuff matters when it comes to these big of a spots. And on top of that, you want to talk about clicking at the right time? The Patriots are doing that. The Rams 
if they were playing at their full potential, I'd be picking them. They still have not, which by the way is maybe a little bit scary for the Patriots because if they do play at their full potential, then they could win this game. But I just don't see it. And I just don't see it in large part because what is the Rams' best part? What is their biggest strength in this game? Their defensive line. Their defensive line. Teams that beat the Patriots in the playoffs get pressure on Tom Brady. The problem is they're going up against the best offensive line in the league against the pass and the Patriots. They're going up against an offensive line that has only allowed Brady to be pressured on 11% of his dropbacks, which is the second lowest this decade. Folks, this is a mismatch. It is. In all the intangibles, the Patriots have a close enough, why they are less talented, a close enough roster to be in this game. Folks, not only am I picking the Patriots to win it, I'll just say this. I would be surprised if, if they don't win by at least 10. I would. And I know that's rare for a Patriots Super Bowl, but with all the intangibles I just listed, I'm super confident the Patriots winning this game. Now, 60 seconds on the clock. Now that I picked the Patriots to win this game, it's time for me to make my Super Bowl MVP pick. And um, I'm going to waste no time. That's why there's only 60 seconds for this topic. Tom Brady would win this MVP. If the Patriots win the Super Bowl, he's winning the MVP. Like he just did. This, this would be, by the way, putting this in context, because I don't think people realize it. This would be his fifth Super Bowl MVP. Fifth. The second most is Joe Montana with three. Last year, he passed the most, which is why I continue to say this whole GOAT conversation in the NFL at the quarterback position is ludicrous. There is no conversation. It's already been done. Tom Brady's already chilling and eating his grass at the GOAT position. Why all argue about it for some reason? There is no argument. Tom Brady would win the MVP if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, and He'd be on his way to, well, making more history, which I'm sure would drive uh, everybody outside New England crazy, and I completely get why. Now, on that note, <laughs> two and a, uh, well, just two minutes on the clock here for, um, well, an interesting situation developing in Dallas. It's being reported that they will not give Jason Garrett a contract extension, which means he will go into the final year of his contract with no guarantee of a future. Jerry Jones was asked about his future. And here's what he had to say. Uh, I think it's pretty clear uh, how I feel about Jason in terms of uh, where he is right now as far as uh, the ability to help us win football games. I think if you look at the, uh, what we've done over the last few years, you'll see a pretty good winning record there. It's not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Did y'all just hear that? Did y'all just hear what I heard? Is, is that the Jerry Jones? I actually think it is. Because, excuse me, did he did he just say what they're doing in terms of winning is, quote, it's not enough? Not enough? I mean, my lord, holy hell, I don't know what this guy had for breakfast. He actually called into this radio station only because he was stuck in traffic. So I don't know if he got bored or was just irritated with traffic. But I heard this and I'm like, oh, excuse me? The Dallas Cowboys making meaningful and real changes? That doesn't happen. I mean, my lord. What has gotten into Jerry Jones? Because let's remember, literally after their season-ending loss, what did he say? He expects no major changes at the coaching position, and it was sounding like he was going to give Jason Garrett an extension. What's happened since? They fired their offensive uh, coordinator in Lenahan, and now they're not giving him an extension. Listen, I hope he stands by this, and I hope he 
fires his ass if they don't have a good season because, well, he should have already been fired, excuse me. But, listen, I have my doubts, but again, the fact that Jerry Jones even said this, I was like, okay, Jerry, all right. You know, hell, maybe an old dog can learn new tricks. Now, two minutes on the clock. Juju Smith-Schuster was on ESPN's first take. And, of course, he was asked about the ongoing situation with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and here's what he had to say. I think everyone just needs to stop being divas. I think we need to start being the Kardashians and just play ball. But being in that locker room, I've learned a lot. Because you don't seem like a diva to me, so who's the divas? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in that locker room, and I know that I would never want to be the problem to any franchise. Hmm. Juju, who's the divas? Who are they? Huh? Listen, we all know who he's, re- who he's referring to here. It's Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I don't know if Juju realizes this, but you're the diva in this situation. Let me read you the definition of what a diva is. A self-important person who is difficult to please. A self-important person. Are the divas the two people here trying to go and get what's theirs and reset the market for the future of the running back and wide receiver position and stars as a whole in the NFL? Or is it the teammate who now called out his teammates for trying to do so publicly on a TV show? Because excuse me if I think the exact definition is the latter. They're trying to reset the market. They're trying to go get what's theirs. And my goodness, I hope Juju Smith-Schuster said this to them in person or at least over the phone before he said this on, you know, national television. But knowing the Pittsburgh Steelers, he probably didn't. And so you're going to go on TV and ask your teammates to stop being divas while calling them out probably for the first time that they've ever heard that? That is a bad look. It continues to represent what the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room is and why they will never, ever, ever, ever be successful in terms of how playoffs never mind Super Bowl until they get rid of Mike Tomlin and the more importantly the environment that exists because of Mike Tomlin I mean <laughs> we need to stop being divas and the Kardashians might as well just be the damn Pittsburgh Steelers slogan for the past decade the, the, the situation as a whole drives me crazy now, two minutes on the clock. Let's shift gears here. Let's get to the NBA. I did not think I'd be talking about the NBA on a Friday before the Super Bowl, but madness has struck, including the breaking news as of yesterday. First, Chris Staffs Porzingis apparently wanted a trade, and then he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. You've heard the news by now. Who won this trade is the question. Listen, the Knicks just gave up their best player they've drafted since Patrick Ewing in a salary dump trade. I'll repeat that. The Knicks just gave up their best player to dump salary since they drafted Patrick Ewing. They traded him away so that way they could get Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee off their books who are owed $50 million this season and got pennies on the dime for one of the brightest young stars in this league. Listen, there's risks for both here. There's risk for the Mavericks, there's risk for the Knicks, but there is huge risk for one, and there's 
a significantly lot less for the other. And the one with a lot less is the Mavs. Like, listen, there's risk because now you absolutely have to hope and you need Porzingis to come back as the same player he was since that ACL injury. But I have a lot more confidence in that than what the Knicks are now doing. The Knicks are just now clearing spots for two max free agents in hopes of landing a KD, a Kyrie, a Clay, or a Kawhi this offseason. Listen, Knicks, it's very plain and simple. You don't land Kevin Durant this offseason. This trade was a failure and a disaster. And I don't know what the hell makes you so confident in thinking you're going to get him. A player wants to go to New York? Cool. You're not the best team in New York. The Brooklyn Nets have a max slot. And let's remember, the Nets are a playoff team right now. You're not. And I know, no, all Knicks fans are going to go, well, well, uh, Nick, 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 the history of the Knicks versus the Nets isn't even close. I mean, what history? Because are we talking about the history of the team that gave Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, the two players that they signed that forced them to didn't trade away Porzingis contracts? Is that the history we're talking about? Or are we talking about the history of a team that, you know, allowed Phil Jackson to make their 2017 draft pick for them just to fire him days later? And Phil Jackson picked Frank Nielakina, who was a triangle offense point guard, one slot ahead of the guy they just traded for in Dennis Smith Jr. This is awful. It's inept management. Make up your damn mind. And I have no problem. And usually I try not to jump on the fan bagwagon of either being pissed off or super excited after a trade, but... Nick Sands, go ahead, because this is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Like, all the way around. So, yes, the Mavs won this trade, and it's not even close. Now, to wrap things up here, 60 seconds on the clock. Anthony Davis, according to ESPN, is only going to accept a trade to the LA Lakers. And by meaning that, let me explain that further because that was not explained well. Um, it's being reported that either way, once he becomes a free agent in 2020, he's going to go to the Lakers and that he's going to view any other team that he's traded to this season possibly as a one-year rental. Folks, this is getting good. This is getting good. I'm going to get back, sit back, get some popcorn and enjoy this because now this is all a leverage game. That's all it is. It's a leverage game between the Pelicans and the, and the Lakers. And does any other team believe that they can actually convince AD to stay? I want to do that. So now it's a leverage game between the Pelicans and, and the Lakers. And in that game, the Lakers are going to be like, well, you know, here's an offer, but we could also just go get him next, you know, when he's an off, when he's a free agent, rather. That's going to be the Lakers' point of view. From the Pelicans' point of view, we're going to be like, well, we'll trade him to someone else then. And if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't want to risk that because let's remember Paul George was supposed to be an LA Laker. Now he's not. So I would be trying to do everything I can to still get him. And I would be less and less surprised if this deal actually happened. I would. And the Pelicans, by the way, should make it. Get something before you can't get anything. That's my message. That is the podcast earlier today. As always, the SportsNet show released on SportsNet.com and the YouTube channel. Again, Super Bowl coverage as announced at the beginning of this podcast will be jammed out this weekend. And then on Monday, full reaction to it all. And well, if any more madness happens in the NBA, I'll have reaction to it on Nick Friend 24 on uh, Nick Friend 24 on Twitter. And um, yeah, that's that. Enjoy the game. I'll see everybody on Sunday on radio back here on the podcast on Monday. Have a good night. Enjoy the game.